Hello, 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 and welcome everybody to another fantastic episode of Nerds North, the premier former video game show hosted by two brothers and a third guy, only live from Simon's main floor, Adam Spaceman and Matt Spaceman. I'm your father, son of the goalie host, Simon Pezzo, joined in solidarity by my faithful squad mates, Adam Pezzo and Matthew Menia. How are we doing, lads? We're doing okay. We're looking forward to... It's now June, and most of the load is off my plate, so I'm looking forward to having a pretty easy month. Outstanding. Matt? Yeah, it's going pretty good. We're in uh, crunch time for the wedding social next weekend. Um, but yeah, once that done, what's done, it's yeah, kind of the same as Adam. Most of the most of the load will be off. I have spent far too much time in way too hot temperatures. Uh, just standing outside supervising children. That that but, sounds uh, awful. You know what? It kind of is, but also if that's the worst thing you have to complain about, it's not all that bad, I feel like. So that's a good point. Yep. To quote uh, one of my favorite movies of all time, Moneyball, these are uptown problems, which are not real problems. <laughs> Indeed. Love that quote. I think about it all the time. And then I have a bad day pretty much, I think, about that quote from Moneyball. Anyway, we are here to talk about the new Spider-Man movie, which, of course, we all saw, right? Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse out today? You guys saw it? No. I didn't even know that was out yet. It is. It's out now, and it's got... So I actually... I don't know if it's because I've gotten older and busier. Maybe that's what happened to you too, Adam. But uh, I haven't, for the last, like, six months or so, haven't been following the hype train for a lot of things. Didn't watch that many trailers for, like, Guardians or anything. And same thing for into the, or Across the Spider-Verse, I think is what it's called. Yeah. I haven't been watching yes. that much about it. I only found out last week that it's apparently like a part one of a part two. Like, they decided to make it oh. a two-part thing. I didn't even know that. Uh, yeah, sounds like that was news to you as well. Yeah. Which is totally fine. Um, but it's out, and I have seen, like, some Twitter reactions, and they're very positive. I opened up my favorite movie reviewer guy on YouTube, which is Jeremy Johns. And before he even, like, got to his, like, intro music... He just sat there and he was like, they crushed it. And I was like, okay, close, click. Yeah. <laughs> what are they all that's you need to know. That's it. Yeah. I dodged the trailers for this one. So it's, when you said Spider-Verse, it didn't click in my head that you said it was out. I'm just like, oh, a trailer. And I went to go watch it. And then it's like, it came out five months ago. What do you mean? <laughs> I was like, you, I just wasn't tracking it and completely forgot because I avoided the trailer when it came out. Yeah. And it's been just long enough since it came, it came out in like 2018, right? The first one. So like long enough that it kind of falls out of your cycle of things you're like looking forward to i guess that's how i feel about it at least but what kiana of course doesn't know is that i've already bought tickets for us to see it when we arrive at regina on wednesday so that's my plan to see it so you guys are on your own um but there you go i'm gonna go see it wednesday and so i'm sure we'll talk about it next time because it's sounds like it's pretty Mm -hmm. good well the last one was got 95 percent on rotten tomatoes so far so yeah it's a pretty good score it's a pretty good score. Sorry. But we will not be discussing it today. We'll be discussing a lot of other things. Some new games came out. I know Adam wants to talk about some stuff uh, because he has been dutifully avoiding what has just dominated. Maybe I know, like, Twitter and Reddit and TikTok and all my social medias. I, I've sold my soul to the devil, and they know what I like, and they feed me things that I know. But I don't just think it's me. I really do think... The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom has just dominated the media landscape in a way that I haven't seen, certainly since Elden Ring, but I think Zelda has even more appeal. So uh, we certainly have to talk about that and maybe persuade Adam to take the plunge to buying the new Zelda or something. I mean, I, but, I played the first one. Like, Yeah, and now you have your own Switch. 
And I have my. And you even finished Breath of the Wild, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's been a while, but I'm pretty sure. So I have. I I forget if I told the story last episode because it's been like I think three weeks since we last recorded. But um, you know, before we even get to that, other than Tears of the Kingdom, has there been any shows or games that you guys want to talk about first? We want to get off your chest, Matt. I want to go to you. I know Adam's got some stuff that I definitely need to get to, but Matt, I don't know about you. Uh, not particularly. Um, we finally got around to watching the new season of Ted Lasso, by which I mean that we have started to rewatch season one and have not actually watched a single uh, of the new episodes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we'll get there eventually. <laughs> you know, I thought season one obviously is amazing. It's, it's transcendent. That it was a reason it blew up the way it did. I thought season two was still pretty good, but like compared to season one, not that great. And then I thought that almost like the good place, like in the middle, it was like only so, so for me. And then at the end, they, they pulled it out. I still don't think it hits the highs of, of season one, but how could it? Season one was like, wow. But I thought season three was really, really great. I need to go back and, and you got to respect a show place. that knows. Yeah, you do. You got to respect a show yeah, that knows when amazing. to end. Yeah, we, we we could probably do an episode on The Good Place once you finally watch the friggin' ending, because I think that, that ending is, like, such a game-changer. Um, anyway, yeah, I, I we we also were watching Ted Lasso, but we did successfully complete it this this Wednesday. And it's, it's, it's great. It has a really satisfying ending. It's awesome. The other show that ended lately is Succession. Did anyone here watch Succession? No, I've heard of it, but I've never seen no, it. No, but I've heard lots. It's been put onto my, like, to-watch list, but... Yeah, it might be the thing that I watch uh, that I watch next, maybe, because I agree. I've also heard plenty of good things, enough good things, and I'm like, all right, fine, I'll get around to it. Okay, so then we'll jump right into Tears of the Kingdom before we get to Adam's uh, other stuff. So uh, I think this is a story that I can't remember if I told two weeks ago, but I caught a horse, a black horse, in Breath of the Wild. Let me back up even further. With Tears of the Kingdom coming out in 10 days, this is like me a month ago, I decided to replay Breath of the Wild from scratch because I hadn't actually beaten the final boss. I had not beaten Ganon. I hadn't kicked him out of Hyrule Castle. Whoops. So I did that. I rushed it. I overprepared for Ganon, which is actually a stunningly easy final boss in Breath of the Wild. Particularly the final form where he turns like into the Dark Beast, right? But then there's just no chance that he's going to hit you. He's too big and slow, and you just have to hit him with a couple of arrows, and the game's done. I'm like, okay, sure. Yeah, whatever. So I did that, and then I got into Tears of the Kingdom. And here's what I discovered in Tears of the Kingdom is that the only thing it imports, this is the thing I may have told you guys last week, the only thing it imports from Breath of the Wild into Tears of the Kingdom is your horses. Everything else, they just kind of assume that you completed the game. So people that you may not have actually run into in Breath of the Wild, they still will remember you in Tears of the Kingdom. I don't know if they actually say how long it's been between games. I kept like going along, assuming it was going to be like a spoiler for how long it's been between games. I don't know. Have you gotten that same feeling, Matt? Um, not, well, I mean, I, I did quite a lot of the first games, so I haven't really, like, had that concern, I think. Oh, I meant, like, like, clearly time has passed once you get out into the world, like, people are older, but I kept mm -hmm. expecting them to be like, ah, Link, it's been, like, however many years since we Oh, oh, you. sorry, sorry, I totally misheard what you said. Um, yeah. yeah, I am also not sure, like, it's, <sighs> enough stuff has been built up that I would have to imagine it's, like, at least a couple years is what I'm thinking, but like 
there's there's no yeah no one's come out and said anything yet it's kind of hard to tell yeah the internet actually seems to think of that it's eight years which is a pretty good chunk of time it's a very and specific particularly number. because you well you just run into a fair amount of child characters who are now like teenage characters oh. might be okay. the best way to describe it so it's it's somewhere around that it's not like two but it's not like 15 it's like somewhere in the middle so eight seems reasonable to me but i haven't heard anything that would that would say otherwise but Anyway, so I imported my horse into Tears of the Kingdom and went, rode through, I think, Hyrule Castle with him, because you go to Hyrule Castle pretty quickly in this game. And then I found a lightning wizard robe that was attacking me, so I hopped off the horse so I could make a, a getaway. And then when I tried to call him, he was... Okay, tactical difficulties. So, I had this horse, believe it or not, named Cash. Cash died in Hyrule Castle found the horse god, revived Cash. Horse god didn't blame me. Literally had a lot of dialogue, so the the horse itself didn't blame me. But, uh, yeah, so Cash is back, and then I got a homestead. You can find a house. You can get a little stable in there. So Cash is now retired, looking at the sunset on a hill. Such a nice spot for your house. Uh, So so Cash is good. Cash is out of the game. His watch has ended. He's done. He's gone. He actually did go to a farm uh, upstate. He literally, genuinely <laughs> went to a farm upstate, and it's not a glue factory. This is not a boxer situation. I actually have a, a co-worker of mine had a horse, and she her horse was like 18 years old, which apparently is not that old for a horse, and she had to put the horse down because it was like in a lot of pain and had some medical problems. And then without – this is one of those things where like the government must be listening to us or the Chinese government because I swear to God on either TikTok or a YouTube short, I got a – clip from a comedian i can't remember who the comedian was it might have been john mulaney or something but they talked about having to move a dead horse i think it was i think it was john mulaney right where he talks about like seeing a horse that was like lying down on like a field as he was driving by and he's like oh that's a dead horse i don't recognize that i, I have story not at all. i have not seen him do that. really john mulaney has the thing about in rehab he went to pet a horse and that was supposed to help him uh, with its drug problems, so maybe that's where you're getting the John Mulaney horse. Oh, okay, it was not John Mulaney, and he has the horse in the hospital routine, which is yes, he has the horse in the hospital. He also has the horse um, babysitting a dog story from one of the specials. Now he really likes horses, I think. Yeah. yeah, but that's not his clip. It's from that Nate Bargatze guy. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, Bar Bargatze, but it's this comedian. He's a clean comedian. I really truly love him. He actually came to Winnipeg like last year, and I couldn't afford to go, which just fucking kills me. But he's the one. He frequently he's like a southern guy, and he frequently talks about how stupid he is. And so he saw a horse lying down, and he thought the horse was dead. But then he goes off on a, like a long, you know, it's a very funny thing. People should watch it on how difficult it must be to move a dead horse. Like you probably need another horse to help move the dead horse. <laughs> he's got a point. And I was like, shit, that's a good point. Yeah. And then like I watched that, and then I had a coworker who had a dead horse. So I'm like, so like, how? How did you, How did you move the dead horse? horse? <laughs> yeah, with a truck. That's the answer. But yeah, that was actually a, a funny point. Anyway, so Cash is dead. Or no, Cash is alive. Cash was dead. Cash is not alive. This has gone off the rails. I'm going to have to have like 90% cash. of this out. Uh, but before I give my thoughts, because I've been talking too long about dead horses, I've been beating a dead horse. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Matt, how are you finding Tears of the Kingdom? It's pretty good. I will say it's actually very handy for me that I, I didn't know this until just now that you could do the like store a horse at your house and then have another one that you actually like ride around. Because in my playthrough of Breath of the Wild, I had one horse 
um, named Liliana because I did a theme for whatever reason of naming all my horses after magic characters um, who I used through like the first two thirds of the game and then Liliana died and then so I got a new horse named Soren because again magic characters and um, used him for pretty much the rest of my playthrough and then just in the running around after all that was when I finally learned about the horse god and could go and revive Liliana so then I had played through like large chunks of the game with two different but like essentially identical in like practical terms horses and I was always torn between them it's just like which one do I take I feel bad leaving the other one behind so now one I can just have in my house and one I can actually use and that's very nice I get to bring both of them um but uh yeah Tears of the Kingdom I'm not that far into it I'm realistically like 30 minutes past the prologue um but so far it is very good um okay but uh yeah Tears of the Kingdom really enjoying it so far um I'm not super far in. Uh, I'm only maybe like half an hour past the uh, the prologue, um, but it's been really great so far. I the first time I tried to play through Breath of the Wild, I kind of bounced off it to be honest. I bought it like with my Switch day one, not day one of the Switch, but day one of my Switch, um, and like played a little bit of it and just didn't get into it and like didn't go back to it for like three years or something like that, and then fell in love with it. And I was slightly worried the same thing would happen with this. Um, and I had slight feelings of that in the first maybe couple hours or so, because as I think I've said, um, before, I'm not the biggest like open world games guy. I'm a little bit of a completionist. So, um, having all that to do, I, is, I can kind of get the feeling if it's just like, there's so much to do that I could never possibly do it all. So why would I do any of it yep. kind of thing? I get you. Um, and so it, it took me quite a while to sink into Breath of the Wild. And Tears of the Kingdom, I'm feeling that a little bit, but I because I already know I enjoy the experience so much once I get into it, I'm not having a problem pushing forward. Um, so, But it just, it just hasn't quite hooked me yet, which is understandable because I'm only, really, I've only been in the actual open world for like half an hour or something. Um, so I'm fully expecting it to dig my claws in. Um, it just It just hasn't happened yet. That said really enjoying it so far i wasn't sure about some of the new mechanics and stuff like that but i think they've actually been really cool um i'm interested to see where they're gonna go but yeah it's been uh, a short time so far but a very good time there you go you know what it, and it's funny that you say that because i am the most open world uh, certainly of the three of us and, uh, and just in general a very open world fan i also had the exact same experience i totally bounced off breath of the wild that's the perfect phrase for it bounced off of it and then i returned to it i think a year later only because I know my save data was from 2018 and it came out in 2017. So I went back to it a year later and did it. But I also, like I said, I didn't actually finish it until this year. And then I, it was about three quarters of the way through Breath of the Wild that I was like, is this a terrible idea? Like to do these crazy long games right back to back? Like that's so risky. I'm so, like I'm, I'm really in uh, at a risk of, of getting sick of it but that is mm -hmm. not what happened I, I didn't get sick of it but i did genuinely kind of again bounce off tears of the kingdom it took me quite a while it probably took me like 15 to 20 hours which is not what adam would want to hear until i really got into it but i was so determined because like you go online and everyone's like this is the greatest game of all time this is the best. like a lot of people are unironically calling this their favorite game that they've ever played so i was like oh shit well i really need to give this a try and i think now finally I have, like it's really 
got its hooks in me, but it did truly take a while. And I think it's partly because the intro section, like the first 15, 20 hours before you've kind of explored the map, and at least for me, before I've explored the map, before I've got some towers, before I've, you know, got some horses, before I've got some hearts, right, and some weapons and some things, it's just, it's like the intro hours of Minecraft, but in my mind, not as good, right? Like, yeah. It just kind of uncomfortable. Yeah, I was thinking just the like exact surviving. same thing. Yeah, so it, it took a while to get through that. And I'm particular. Like, I want to see the map. So I spent the first, like, seriously, like 10, 15 hours just struggling and getting through all of the towers. So I could get the full map so I could know where to go. And, uh, and now that I've done that, I feel pretty good. That all being said, Matt, I gave you some advice the other day on what to do. I'm going to stay vague because you're so little of the way in. I've done, on, on a YouTuber's advice, I did the Wind Temple first. And, because uh, there are now temples, which is as opposed to the Divine Beasts. They're better. I wouldn't say they're, like, significantly better. Like, I think any of the classic Zelda temples just have a better experience. But there's something to it. And the Wind Temple, I really, and I've actually talked to a few people who completely disagreed with me, by the way. So feel free to take what yeah. I'm saying with like a, such a big grain of salt. But the getting to the Wind Temple, I thought was amazing. I was I was just like one of those awe moments. It's just a, a like we all have classic gaming moments from every game that you're just like, I'm going to like, you can think back. And like, this is a moment that stuck with me. Like this is a core gaming memory, right? Yeah. And I think I'm mm -hmm. going to have the emotional experience of getting to the Wind Temple. I could even feel it in the moment. I'm like, this will be a core gaming memory this was so wonderful i got up to it and it's like a thing this the style of temple that it is simultaneously felt super familiar i'm like of course they would do that that makes so much sense that's like a perfect thing but also i can't think of a single time when i've ever seen that type of thing done before so it's like a great mix i thought the actual temple itself was like fine and then the boss was actually pretty solid it was better than any of the ones in breath of the wild i think not the not that anyone like played Breath of the Wilds and was like the boss. Wasn't a, are just so yeah, it wasn't great. a super high bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and then I went and I did, uh, and then I just fucked around for like forty hours, <laughs> and then I went relatively recently. I did Terrytown. You guys remember Terrytown? No. Mm -hmm. That's a town that you make. So I went back there again because the map is the same, right? So if there was a town and a place before, it's in that same place now. So I went back to Terrytown, and it turned out Hudson, the guy with the super big head, he's had a kid. And that kid, uh, he's had a kid with a Gerudo lady. And so that kid is like half Gerudo and is part of a rite of passage. They've got to go to Gerudo Town. And so Hudson, after you do that, is like, and if you're ever in Gerudo Town, look out for my kid. And of course, Gerudo Town is in trouble, right? Because that's how these things work. Yeah. So that's the one that I'm doing now. And it's entirely because I wanted to report back to Hudson that his daughter is safe. Because I got like actually weirdly emotional during that scene with Hudson. It doesn't make any sense. Like, a guy with a giant head whose name is Sun, and, like, it's just the punniest quest of all time. Like, they say it's my mission to have cooperate Sun, right? They'll do stuff like that. Yeah. But then at the end of it, you, the three of you, like, Hudson, his wife, Ronson, and their daughter, Madison. Oh, my God. Uh, and you you all hop in a hot air balloon, like, look up at the sunset. And I was getting a little emotional. I'm like, what is this? Zelda, what? Like, <laughs> These aren't characters that I give a shit about. What are you doing? And so I'm finally, the the best review that I heard that sounded so pretentious early on, which is turning out to be, I think, more and more true the more I play, is that this 
Tears of the Kingdom makes Breath of the Wild look like a tech demo. I've heard Which that is, too, yeah. It sounds like incredibly obnoxious to say if you've just started. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Breath of the Wild was so full. It's like, no, that's that's actually, that's absolutely true. And I think the game, occasionally you play a game like Minecraft or something where it's like, this game's made to make little engineers. Oh my God, is Tears of the Kingdom made to pump out little engineers? There are going to be so many people who take up one of the STEM, uh, STEM thing. I won't call it Steam because... They added arts to Steam, but wasn't literally the idea of STEM that it excludes arts? Yeah. That it, it only has uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know majors that you could that. actually get a job in? I say that as someone with an arts degree, <laughs> right? It's useless. Don't do it, people. Get a STEM degree. For God's sakes, this is going to pump out a lot of STEM graduates, this game, because uh, it's, it's almost aggressive. It is actually pretty aggressive at how much they want you to break... The game. I don't know, Matt, how much you've even delved into that. Have you've gotten the abilities though, and you're now down? Yeah, I've gotten the abilities. I haven't messed around with it much. I basically, I like, I've just sort of got gotten to the ground and just kind of wandered. But I have seen many like of the crazy things you can do because I stumbled across the subreddit called Hyrule Engineering, which <laughs> yeah, is yes. which is exclusively like just crazy things that people are putting together. People have created like homing missiles people are making like x-wings and like tie fighters and all kinds of crazy shit it's so cool there's like trebuchets and stuff people are making insane things that i will never ever make but it's really cool to see them do yeah it's very cool to see them do but like for me the annoying thing was and i'm gonna like minorly spoil something for you i suppose but i think you'll be okay with it but for me the the annoying thing was like I think the controls for Ultra Hand are just kind of clunky. Like, they get there. They are a little bit, kind of clunky, and I just don't want to do it all the time. But then you do eventually get an ability called Auto Build, which is exactly what it sounds like. I think I may have even told you that the other day. So it saves your 30 most recent builds. You can also save uh, favorites, and then you can get um, schematics. They call them schema stones, but they're just schematics. So it's just like a pre-made thing. And if you have the items in front of you, it'll use those items. And if not, it'll use, like, an ore, that Zonite thing that you have to just create them. Mm-hmm. So, like, once you get that, I think that's when the game kind of really changed for me. Because then I was I was more open to the building aspect of it if I didn't have to, like, attach a fan to a, a, a piece of wood every time. I'm like, okay, so I can just, like, take this build, pre-build this, like, build whatever I want. Like, a little hover bike or whatever. And I don't have to build it ever again. I can just save it as a favorite. That that really helped me. Yeah, well, especially when you want to do the more complicated things, because like, I'm sure people have had and will have the experience of spending thirty minutes trying to like build this thing, and then it immediately blows up or like just falls off a cliff or something, and it's like, great, well, let's go get the mat- spend an hour getting the materials, and then spending another thirty minutes building it and hope that it doesn't walk off a mountain again this time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's it's um I don't want to delve like I, again we're gonna stay fairly vague and we'll probably move off the topic shortly because Matt you're still so fresh, but one of the things that I think um like they they solve some problems with Tears of the that were there in Breath of the Wild I think the number one problems with Breath of the Wild that people had were uh the temples the the sacred beasts weren't that great right like getting to them was kind of neat yeah. you always had to do something but once you got there that wasn't that great and just fighting various variations of Ganon also wasn't super entertaining 
I mean, they were scary and all that, but it's just like you could do better. So they, for the most part, fixed that. I don't think it's going to you know, go toe-to-toe with some of the classics like Wind Waker or Ocarina of Time or whatever, you know, Twilight Princess, Majora's Mask Temples. Some of those are just all-time greats. But that's solved. Uh, Matt, I don't know if you noticed this already, but in Breath of the Wild, arrows were so fucking hard to come by. It was insanely difficult to get an arrow. In Tears of the Kingdom, you're swimming in arrows. So it's like, oh, thank Jesus. Because I don't want to yeah. have to. I have a shitty. I have terrible aim. I don't want to have to worry about if I miss this. I have to go. I have to run and find my arrow because that's my one arrow. Yeah, exactly. God, yeah, or like some that. of the shrines where it's like, I have four arrows going into this shrine that needs arrows. I really hope I don't mess up. Yeah, so there's a lot more uh, prevalent. And if you ever see a wooden box, uh, just use alter hand, lift it into the air as high as you can. When you drop it, it'll break. And more often than not, I would say at least 70% of the time, there's one arrow in there. Sometimes there's a group of five. Sometimes it's empty, but that's anytime I see a box, I'm like, hey, there, free arrows. So I, I don't think I've ever really dipped below 100 arrows wow. for most of my playthrough. And then uh, there's something else that I want to wrap around to, but Nintendo just patched this, uh, or they're trying to keep up with the patches, so I would encourage people out there to turn off auto-update. But this game has been broken so completely and thoroughly by the community, and once I found that out, I'll be honest, and I don't think I'm alone in this, it's just a lot more fun. Like, you can just duplicate things. So if you have the original version of the game, which, Matt, it's a, you have to do something a little more difficult now. But, Adam, if you buy the game, maybe buy a physical cartridge and turn off auto-update. Because the game itself is super stable. It's unbelievable how good this game was at launch. It's like an old-school, actually polished game. It's complete. There's no glitches. Like, what? Imagine that. But uh, if you all you have to do is jump... Like, off a little cliff or anything. Anytime you can take out your glider, and some people are actually good enough that they can do this off of a shield jump. Like, they'll attach a spring to the shield, do, like, the uh, the shield um, surf, and then that shoots them into the air where they have a glide. Then when you're gliding, you open up your menu, you grab the items that you want to duplicate, you hold five of them at a time, you hit Y and B at the exact same time, which leaves the menu and sorts the menu at the same time, and that's that's the glitch. And then when you drop them, you'll drop them, but you'll still have them. It's it's that simple. So like I took I found a diamond in a in a shrine as a reward. So I just duped like two hundred diamonds. So I have eighty thousand oh dollars. Now the, I was talking to my coworker about this, but to me it's kind of like that Dar O'Brien skit. It's like if I was a kid and I had unlimited free time. Sure, fine. Grinding's okay. I unlocked this game in a store with a credit card, okay? (laughs) If I, like, go to a town and they have something that I want to buy, I just want to buy it. And I don't want to worry when I'm selling my stuff. Like, am I going to sell this topaz? And then two minutes later, I'm going to find a guy who, in order to meet his quest line, I need to have 15 topaz, and now I only have 12. You know what I mean? So doing that is, it just straight up, for me at least, made the game better a lot of people are enjoying it more and matt there is still a way you can do it it's a little more complicated than that but not much really and that's kind of made the game this glorious utopian wonderland where you're in this they gave you an amazing sandbox and there's a glitch that basically takes away the resource requirements like that's well, why yeah. you're seeing I feel like so that's many what incredible everybody things. wants at maybe not through like the first playthrough or something but I feel like that's what everyone wants at the end of a sandbox game. It's just like, just give me infinite everything and let me mess around. 
Yeah, let me go nuts. And that's the beautiful part of it. So you'll see that as you get further, though. Uh, so I, we won't go too much farther into that. But the thing that we really won't go too much farther in, and this is not a drill, this is the best Zelda storyline uh, maybe ever. Like, I've, I think I've enjoyed some uh, settings more. Like, I liked the setting of Majora's Mask, obviously. I think Wind Waker is still my favorite Zelda game. I like everything in that. King of Red Lions is good. I like that version of Zelda. I like that version of Link. That's all good. Twilight Princess, I'm a big fan of. I was always, I was a little brother, so I had little brother syndrome, so I never got that much into Ocarina of Time. But I respect it. But I think the story in this one is actually genuinely great. And for a game series that's handcuffed by having to do the same fucking tropes over and over again because Skyward Sword established that these guys are just locked in time to reincarnate and fight each other, the variations they've done on that is remarkable. And again, no spoilers, but they've done, I wouldn't say a reveal, but this is one of the better hiding in plain sights moments that I think I've ever seen in a game. Like there's something that Matt and Adam, once you Adam, once you start playing, but Matt even right now, if not already, that you're taking for granted that at one point the game will flip on its head and you're like, you son of a bitch, it was right fucking there. <laughs> and that's like a, a twist that you didn't see coming is good, but to have it in front of you and you didn't recognize it the entire time is to me actually better. I, I love that stuff. Okay, now yeah. I'm excited. But I you don't have be. time to play more this week. This is almost mean. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. It's hard to do that to you. But like, I mean, it's such an open game, so you can either get as much. You can get kind of as yeah, much yeah. of a, as little story as you want. So if you want to mainline the story parts, uh, you can. But at one point, I started to get a, a little hint of it, and I'm like, oh, I want to see more of that. And for for what it's worth, um, like the, there's some story. The story's split up, of course. So there's some story to do with the temples. And there's some stories to do with, you'll see, like, these memory things, Matt, that you can find. Mm -hmm. So particularly those, I, like, mainline those, and I was like, oh, okay. That's definitely a John Mulaney moment right there. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, okay, I see what you did there. I'm not uh, going to do it, but I get it. <laughs> yeah, and then to have, like, a like a dark Zelda game. I watched, actually, I recently watched a video. I've been mainlining Zelda videos so much. Uh and I will let you guys talk at some point, I swear. It's just that I've played 30 hours of this game and it's insane and you guys need to talk about it. Uh, but I, I recently watched a video that was called Every Zelda Game is the Darkest Zelda Game. And so they made an, an argument for literally every Zelda game. It's like Majora's Mask, that makes sense. Twilight Princess, like the thing falls, that makes sense. You can even make an argument for Majora's Mask, right? The world got flooded, people are stranded. I think this is the darkest Rocks Zelda game. I think it's going to take the new... Yeah, I think it's going to take the new, the new title. It's called Tears of the Kingdom, not Happiness of the Kingdom. Someone has what to I'm cry. saying? Yeah, it's, it's not all puppies and rainbows for the people of Hyrule in a beautiful way. I mean, Matt, I think like the opening cinematic is like, oh, shit. Right? Like it? Just, oh, like, yeah, it's, it's immediately way, way darker. It's maybe not like, at least where I am, as dark as some other ones. But like, you can immediately tell a tonal difference between this and Breath of the Wild. Yeah, like... Adam, and you haven't played this, but this is the prologue. Like, the villain who appears uh, just, like, fuck, fucks up the Master Sword immediately. Like, you start off the game with a broken Master Sword. It's like, oh, that was the thing that's supposed to 
beat everybody. And of course, if you played Skyward, so you're like, fear, fire, whatever the fuck your name is. No. So yeah, like it, it starts off with like your most powerful tool is just gone. It's like, oh, so yeah. Okay. Adam, you've been so patiently waiting. <laughs> Matt, unless there's something else about Tears of the Kingdom that you wanted, but I think I've got enough off my chest this week. No, yeah, I only have like very first impressions, but they are good. There you go. Okay, Adam, we we unleash you. <laughs> so yes, I've been playing. I, I I went back and looked at my Steam listings while you were talking. Um, four games, uh, I think, since our last recording. So one of them, I'm gonna in sort of in ascending order of of time spent. Uh, I picked up a game basically right at my birthday, which actually might have been a little before our last recording, called Strange Horticulture. Give this shit a Google, because that's weird. Yeah, it, well, I mean, it's basic, It's kind of like a... It's a sort of a Lovecraftian story puzzle game. And the main gameplay loop is you have a bunch of plants, because you run this plant shop, and people come in and they want a plant... And you have to figure out either by description of its physical things or its properties what plant they want. Like, that's the basic loop. But there's a pretty good story of, of mystery and intrigue and, again, sort of Lovecraftian horror lurking underneath it. And I haven't played a lot of it, but it was like, it's a good sit-down time killer. It's like, oh, this is a pretty simple and fun loop with a good amount of challenge. And, and it's got a neat story underneath it. So, you know, uh, if you... Need to... Indie game corner with Adam. Yeah. There you go. It's really Trying good. Toward culture. Uh, speaking of, the other one, which Simon and you and I have talked about, I don't think we talked about it on air, was Tape to Tape. Um, tape to Tape, yes. Yeah. yeah. Which basically was made for me because it ho- it's a hockey roguelite. Um, yep. And, it, yeah, it's literally just Slay the Spire but with hockey. And it's great. Like, it's really stupid, but it's a lot of fun. And it's kind of what you want from a that kind of arcadey dumb hockey thing with just a little bit thrown in to make it spicy. I still do want a sort of more faithful hockey one, a la Super Mega Baseball. But in the meantime, I'll take it. I would I would pay two hundred dollars for a, a super like I would support it on Kickstarter or something for a hockey game that was taken as seriously as Super Mega Baseball. It could even have like the cartoonish graphics. Yeah, if, if, if that helps. Yes. But yeah, that, that game is so fucking immaculate. <laughs> I know. It's great. Borderline frustrating. And then and then what I was mentioning before, just before we were going on air, is I've gone back to Doom Eternal, which isn't a new game, but the DLC campaigns are new to me. And that's... They've made an effort to try and like add new stuff in the DLC, and it's mostly just like a couple new weapons, sort of, and a couple new enemies, sort of. And mostly they're just finicky and frustrating. I don't know that those they were necessary, but it like it's still a good game. Um, I was reminded of yeah. of how long each campaign mission is <laughs> when I hmm. I replay through it. I I still haven't played Doom Eternal. That's what I was telling you earlier. I played the Doom, but I'm I'm just like such a not a first person shooter guy that I. I played through the first Doom and I had a pretty good time with it, but I need to go into it and just enjoy the metalness of it because I, I still listen to the soundtrack like constantly, and uh, like the joke online is always that uh, 
Mick Gordon's new soundtrack is I mean, Nick Gordon's new album is sixty dollars, but the good news is it comes with a free game. Yeah. Like yeah. that's how much yeah. people love those fucking soundtracks. But the one that caught me because I had actually heard it online and like tra- and other videos, and then I was that caused me to look it up. I was like, oh shit, that's from Doom Eternal. It's the song "The Only Thing They Fear Is You," which for like the last few weeks has been my pump up music to go to a, a hockey game or something. But in terms of looking it up, I uh, discovered that. The main there's obviously guitar and stuff in it too, but the main like riff that sounds like it it's guitar is actually a chainsaw. <laughs> he, he distorted and recorded a chainsaw, and then in like the chorus, it's a you know instrumental song, so it's tough to have a chorus. But in the second breakdown of the chorus, there's this like screaming, like wailing type sound in the background. It's like. Right? It's like the sounds of hell. Yeah. Uh, that sound is a lawnmower. <laughs> so, there you go. If you want to listen to Power Tools, the song, <laughs> you can listen to the Doom Eternal soundtrack. And then I also found out that for the first game, he had this, like, insane... It's more obvious in, I think, uh, uh, BFG Division. But he's got this insane, like, wailing in the background. And it's not a lawnmower. Apparently, Mick Gordon, that mad bastard found like a specific synthesizer from 1980s soviet russia and that's the specific thing that he used so that's where the sounds of hell come from it's a soviet 1980s synth specifically which is just nuts what that guy's done wow yeah (laughs) wow wow is right (laughs) i didn't know any of that there you go. I, I, didn't I not say that it was going to be a fun fact? You, did, you did. You did say it was going to be a fun fact, and you were right. That is a... Quite a fun fact. That is a fun fact. Those are fun. All right. Uh, what else have you been playing? So the big one that I left to last is Darkest Dungeon 2, which is finally out. Ah, uh, yes. And it is controversial amongst the Darkest Dungeon community, to say the least. Um, because it is also Controversial. A Unlike the first game, which was a, a pretty cure, a pure, super bleak, super um, difficult dungeon crawler. This one is not that. It is, uh, it is, uh, like I said, it's a roguelite. You, you, there's sort of five levels. They call them chapters, but they're basically levels. Um, and you go through each one, and as you beat one for the first time, you unlock the ability to do the next one, and so on, and so on, and so on. Um, and it's taken me a while to get into the rhythm of it, because I'm so fond of the original, but I'm getting there. It is just as brutally difficult. It is just as gorgeous. Like, the art is outstanding. Um, and that's not a thing I usually even bother to mention. So understand yeah, usually how, the opposite of that. Yeah. Understand how good it looks that I'm I feel the need to 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 say it that it is it is so pretty. Um and it's it's but it, yeah, it's there are a few bits of it where there's like a few times playing it I'm like uh I kind of miss doing it the old way. Um but for the most part it is it is a real good time. It's it's I'm struggling, even though I've been sitting with this game for two weeks, I'm struggling even to put into words how complete an experience this is and how 
I because I was really skeptical when I was first watching somebody play it in early access, and I didn't play it in early access because in early access you had to download the Epic Store and fuck that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was I was willing to just be like, okay, I'll just wait for the full game to come out. And I was watching him play it, and I'm like, I don't know, I don't know if this is gonna be that much fun. Um, but I, I, having gotten into it now and having gotten the rhythm of it, it is real good. The boss fights are spectacular and, and that sort of perfect uniqueness of the first time you run into a boss, you will get stomped because you need to learn how it functions. Um, but once you do something that at first seemed impossible now seems not trivial, but doable um and ah, yeah it's this reminds me that matt you need to finish tears of the kingdom so we can play uh demon souls we need to carve out a day of the week where we can play <laughs> demon we do. Souls. that's still gotta happen it's getting cozy in my drawer yeah we gotta we gotta get on it's a little bit tougher now that i have to be in the office every day but we gotta find a way Yes. Anyway, sorry to interrupt you, Adam. You just reminded <laughs> me when you were talking about like you need you're gonna get stomped by a boss because you need to learn that patterns. Yeah. I was like, so the soul's gonna. Yes, and it is. Yeah, it is. It is brutally, brutally difficult, and I'm very stuck on the chapter three boss. Um. And that, like, it's it's not perfect. There's certainly bits of it that I find very frustrating, but that was also true of the first game, and it's it most of it comes down to sort of where your personal. Uh, tolerance meter for this is part of the game versus this is bullshit lies. Uh-huh. Um, and that was like, that was also true of the first game. And so there's, but it's, it's been in a lot of cases, it's been simplified and streamlined. There's not, you don't have to do nearly as much math. Like in the first one, you were con, it was like XCOM. You were constantly going, okay, he's got a 73% chance to hit and a 20% chance to critical in this one almost all the percentages are like multiples of 25. So ah, much better. Yeah. So like if you have a dodge token and they're all in tokens. So if you have a dodge token, that's a 50% chance to dodge the next attack. If you have a shield token, you'll just block half of the next incoming damage. Um, and, and so on, like, or if you have a blind token, you have 50% chance to miss and so on and so on and so on. And, like there's a lot of interconnected systems going on, but none of like they don't feel overwhelming. They feel like they all fit together really nicely. Um, and yeah, there's as I said, there's a few areas where I think it's kind of janky. Like there's some aspects of it that are still that aren't terribly well explained how the mechanics work, and they cross a line for me from deliberately vague into you're now being obtuse. Uh, but all in all, I, I'm having a, a real good time with it. Even if I think on balance, I still prefer the first one, but, um, Oh, and, and they got the narrator back, which is if you're actually a darkest dungeon fan, that's the sentence you've been waiting for me to say this whole time. Cause that's all that matters. The, <laughs> the narrator is back. People know. You may, you may pick this one up. You may continue to enjoy it. Yeah. Well, that's good. Okay. Uh, so, uh, because suddenly, like, an hour-long thing slept, um, crept up on us, I want to talk a little bit about Spider-Man 2, the video game, not uh, across the Spider-Verse 2. 
before we go into Pokemon trivia. And boy, do I got a couple doozies for you guys this week. But I, I don't necessarily want to talk about the gameplay trailer in uh, in details because I think it looks looks cool. Like it seems like there's going to be uh, Craven is going to be one of the main bosses. Obviously, we knew that Venom was going to be in it. We we talked about that off air a little bit. Um, if I had to bet. In the same way that Mr. Negative was like the boss of the first half of the first Spider-Man PS4, I guess at the time, um, I'm betting that the first half is Kraven, the second half is Venom, if I had to guess, because we see in the gameplay trailer that the symbiote suit is attached to Peter. But we do know a few things. It's going to be a fully open world that's going to be uh, twice as big as uh, Spider-Man, again, Spider-Man 2018, I'll just call it. They're going to have queens for the first time since Spider-Man, I believe it was Ultimate Spider-Man, right? Where That's the only one you could actually play as Venom. You could go yeah, to queens that. in that one. In every other Spider-Man game, it's just been Manhattan, but now you can finally go to queens, which is pretty cool. Uh, you could switch between Miles and Peter on the fly, which is cool as well. They each have their own skill tree as well as a shared skill tree, stuff like that. It seems like it's going to be a cool game. Like, it's Omniac knows what they're doing, and it's been a while. Like, this game... Had a fair amount of time in the pipeline, clearly. They're cooking it up. That being said, I do have a few things I want to point out. One of which, I don't know if you guys have seen this online, but this trailer where Miles has, like, more enhanced electrical powers, and we'll see what uh, Across the Spider-Verse makes Miles look like. What is with... I'm not the first person to notice this and ask this question, but I'm going to throw it at you guys. What is with uh, comic book characters and comic book writers exclusively giving black superheroes electrical powers can you name a black superhero other than green lantern who was white first right and so they gave john stewart who i think a lot of people would probably say especially based off the dc animated series is the definitive green lantern for a lot of us other than him who already had a power set can you name a black superhero that doesn't have lightning powers because you got like black adam static shock black lightning miles Morales is doing electricity shit what is happening? My what God. What is going on here? I didn't even think. I name, mean. There, name what? There are. Uh, in fairness. Falcon? Yeah, Falcon. He doesn't have I, he powers doesn't have any at all. Powers. <laughs> that's, well, yeah, that's true. Um, it, it, Like, I watched the Black Lightning television show, and one of Black Lightning's kids doesn't have lightning powers. The other one does. It's an My absolutely guess, staggering coincidence that they—it can't be a coincidence at this point, right? We're beyond yeah. that. My guess is it seems they can't resist. Like, seems to me at how they've differentiated black superheroes from white superheroes is they give black superheroes a black suit, and what looks cool on black, like bright yellow and like bright neon blue. So it's, I could totally see it just being like an aesthetic thing. Or it's, like, always a cool power that, like, because they have often be ma been made to be, like, the secondary versions of other heroes. Be like, well, this guy has this power. What's another cool power that we could do? And electricity is always cool, but ne maybe not necessarily, like, the first choice. Yeah. I, I, I looked up a, a list. But I totally agree with you. That's probably where it came from. But um, so we'll give them some credit. There's some that don't. Uh, Black Panther obviously doesn't yes. have lightning powers. Oh, yeah, we should have right. thought of that Luke one. Luke Cage. Yeah. Uh, blade those are some obvious Rody also no powers though he's the same as Falcon. correct but uh i did kind of forget cyborg is like lightning adjacent it's not that far off yeah. no that's true and, yeah and then you want to know 
at certainly at one point potentially the most famous black superhero of all time not necessarily in 2023 uh but in the early 2000s storm steel yeah oh, storm okay. <laughs> went in very different directions <laughs> yeah, yeah sorry storm. were you thinking of like the uh the, the shaquille o'neal thing is that what you're thinking <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah storm. I mean, we don't we don't talk about that <laughs> That is, it's a like it's above fifty percent that have lightning powers. It's ridiculous. Crazy. Anyway, I also wanted to uh, to make some Spider-Man bets. I figured that would be a way to make this kind of fun. Mm-hmm. So I don't have betting odds because I, I don't know enough of that. Also, I noticed in this trailer, how did you guys feel about the uh, the flying? Like they have like this webbing attached to them. It seemed like they were flying for a while. I actually, I was yeah. like, hmm. I know it it's one of those things on, like you just don't have to do it, but ugh. it went on more than I thought. Okay. When, when the wingsuit came out, I was like, oh, sick. And then he like caught and it looks like there was some sort of like air current type thing that he started to, yeah, basically <laughs> just straight up fly in. And then I was like, oh, I don't know about that. Yeah. Wingsuit. Sure. To get some like cool glide, like gliding. I could, you know, Spider-Man could just do that. He could you know just build a wingsuit into yeah. a suit i don't know about flying that was a little bit much for me and yeah like you said they did it for a long time flying's cool but i don't really want spider-man to be able to do it yeah adam what do you think that yeah basically what matt said kind of summarized it uh i thought i thought it was neat but i i don't want that to be overused as a as a mechanic of getting around. Spider-Man already has the coolest method of getting around. Stop messing with it. Yeah. Yeah, and like, yeah. I think uh, one of the, like, and for the most part, I think it's uncontroversial to say 2018 was a really good game. I don't think it gets to, like, the classification of Masterpiece, but it was a very good game. But one of the things that people didn't like was if you got too close to something, like, the game was so obsessed with you maintaining your motion that sometimes it almost played itself, right? Like, there's that video of someone oh, yeah. who just holds the R button, and the game kind of plays, and, like, if you get even close to the ground, like, you won't touch the ground, because it'll kind of, like, hover you above the ground to keep going. And it's, like, when you're just swinging it, you don't notice that much, but if you intentionally, like, swing poorly, then you really notice that the game does not want you to land. <clears throat> and I was reminded by that when you're flying, and, like, you should be losing altitude, and then he gets, like, a freight car or something, and then he flies through it, and I was like, yeah, this is just like 2018, where sometimes it feels like for those interactable things, you just kind of get sucked in, and then you maintain your momentum through it, even if the momentum wasn't what you had going in. Does that make any sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I, I, I wasn't totally sure about that. But other than that, I thought the gameplay trailer uh, looked great. Uh, the, the only other thing, I, I didn't show this at all, but this is another gameplay thing that I was reminded of. I really hope, my number one wish, actually, for this game, I'll, I'll elevate it, is that they made crime fighting fun. Because that was like the best part of Spider-Man 2 way back in the day. Yes. Crime fighting was just intrinsically enjoyable of itself. And I thought in 2018, it wasn't always. Like you did the crimes once each to get them done. And then after that, it was like, really? They're holding up a corner store. They're mugging a lady and there's 17 bad guys. Yeah. So I think they need to give the crime fighting a once over and like have that just be a thing you can do for hours on end and have fun because that's like such a spider-man thing they gotta nail that and i don't think they did before okay ready for some bets let's do it some of these are bigger swings than others okay first of all what are the odds that the venom suit attaches to craven 
I'm gonna I'm gonna put that Spider Man games love combining villains, don't they? They do, but I'm gonna put that one fairly low. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with thirty percent. I feel like that's pretty high. I uh, I feel like thirty percent is pretty high, but for me that one just seems like like that doesn't the Venom suit like want someone who hungers for blood and all that kind of stuff? I feel it's like, like it's a perfect Craven's oh right shit there. moment for it to attach to a villain. So like even if it's not necessarily Craven, I'd put it like above fifty percent to attach to a villain of some kind. Well, it's gonna it's gonna Venom is Harry, so obviously it's gonna ditch Peter and hop onto Harry at some point. We know that's not a spoiler it's from the first game. Um, okay, so then what are the odds that we have to team up against Venom with Craven? Ooh. Or the reverse, that we team up with Venom mm. against Craven. Like that Spider-Man you just have to and team Venom versus Craven seems like an unfair fight. Um, although that could be could be used as a way to set up um, Venom as a as a bigger threat. Um, well, but I could definitely I mean, there's see two Spider-Man versus. No, that's true. Yeah. So they got to have some sort of like whatever villains they have, and this is my next one. Is there going to be a new Sinister Six? They have to do something to line up and make it fair for there to be two Spider-Man going up against these things, right? So, like, uh, you're not going to see Doc Ock again either, and apparently in the, one of the trailers you see some of the Sinister Six members, and uh, uh, what's his name? Mr. Negative isn't there either. So that leaves Scorpion, Electro, Vulture, Rhino, right? And the Lizard. Uh, yeah, and Lizard's the, well, and the Lizard wasn't in it. Yeah. Uh, Chameleon's been so part of So then you could easily... Right, sorry, I just meant ones that could return from oh, the yes, previous from the, game. Oh, yes, from the last game, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. So if there's two spots vacant from Mr. Negative and Doc Ock, then that would leave... Then you could easily slot in, like, maybe does Craven team up with... Or does Craven want to hunt the Sinister Six, you know? I think this might be some interesting... interesting uh, well, things with in the, Where does the lizard factor in? In the trailer... Do they just cure him and then he fucks off? Sorry, go ahead. In the trailer, we saw him looking at the hunts and that was mostly villains like there were heroes on there but there were villains on there too yeah there were there were a lot of villains there was black cat was like i think the only like other clear hero but we know like things like taskmaster coming back yeah uh tombstones coming back i mean it's a spider-man game so legally the first guy that you have to fight has to be shocker (laughs) right kingpin will probably come back but i like would they do sinister six twice in a row but then at the same time, like I said, how are you going to make the villains fair to square up against two Spider-Men? That's a good question. I mean, like I, would, I wouldn't be out. surprised, actually, if, if Venom hopped around between a few villains and that was sort of a way to ramp ramp them up to match two Spider-Men. If, if you were like basically hunting Venom Like down. Venom onto the lizard or something like that. If you were like, With yeah. sort of like a mega boss at that point. So you played that Spider-Man way back in the day. What was the name of that one, Adam, on the PS1? Oh, God. Like, the ending was the super boss of Carnage mixed with Doc Ock? Yeah, shoot. What was that called? I can picture it. That was some crazy shit. You swung off the ceiling. And then <laughs> my last one was the bet. What do? What's the odds? I mean, we know Harry Osborn has the Venom, like, is going to be Venom in this one. But what are the odds we see Eddie Brock in some capacity? Are they going to give him a role? Or are they just going to leave Eddie completely out? Ooh, that's an interesting question. I feel like it could get some love. And in the comics, Scorpion was Venom for like a while. He might even still be. So are they going to do a nod and give Scorpion the Venom suit? Maybe is that just feeding into the thing that Matt was saying? Where like they're going to have a 
the, the, the suit's going to get around? Or are they going to be a bunch of symbiotes? Is it going to be like, what was that game, Web of Shadows, right? Where, yeah. like, the symbiotes took over the city for a while? There's a lot of things they could do. I, I To me, the, the most... I think that Venom and Craven seems actually fairly likely. That just seems like a, a perfect combo. Yeah, I think... I, I definitely think there's going to be... If I was laying odds on one event in particular, I think there will absolutely be a moment where Venom is on someone and and you get it off and he jumps onto something else immediately and you have a back-to-back boss fight. Right, you are. Let me give you another one. What are the odds that we spend time in a bell tower <laughs> in Spider-Man 2? <laughs> Pretty good. Because <laughs> we have because to get it like, off Spider-Man I mean, as I was wa- yeah, and it's weird to think because we actually haven't played the symbiote suit since Web of Shadows, which is like 2008. Like, it's been a long time since that game came out. I guess there weren't that many Spider-Man games in between. But at the same time, that, like, Peter turns into a dick thing, I feel the way about that, the way most people felt about the Uncle Ben intro. Like, even though it hasn't happened that much, I'm like, I kind of feel like I've seen it. Like, I've seen Peter turn into a jerk. Yeah. You know? So I hope he doesn't spend that long in jerk town. <laughs> I mean, I think that might be it might be very fun if we end up having to play as Miles and beat the suit off of him, which I suspect is exactly what's going to happen. Could have a Spider-Man right. on Spider-Man fight swinging through the city. That'd be pretty cool. Yes, that that's the last one. What are the odds that there's a Spider-Man on Spider-Man fight? I, I put that like at 70% at least. Yeah. Agreed. That one seems seems very, very likely. Okay. Time to, uh, unless someone else has something they want to get off their chest, I think we'll move into Pokemon trivia. Let's do it. And this is a combination of trivia and fun facts. I have one that's like the classic. So if you're normally someone who turns tunes out at this moment, I have one question that's the classic Pokemon trivia, the way you guys expect. But I have a couple that are fun facts that I've just tried to turn into, uh, into questions. Um, trivia yes so when this is from actually a recently like within the past year translated article from an interview uh with nintendo programmers what was the original amount of versions planned for the original pokemon games we're talking red and blue how many versions did they originally want i'm gonna say so obviously it's not two five i'm gonna oh i was gonna say five i'll say uh, six to be different so close it is actually sixty-five thousand. what 535 oh the number of bits that they you can store on a hard drive yes so you get a trainer id and the original plan for the pokemon games was that they wanted the game to be uh essentially procedurally generated based off of your trainer id so your trainer id would change the pokemon that you ran into that's number one but it would also change. They wanted to have Kanto be randomly generated. Oh my god! They were trying to do that shit in the nineties. That's actually so cool. Yeah. So then the, I forget the name of them, unfortunately. Uh, but you could look at the channel is Did You Know Gaming? They're the ones who uncovered this, and it's a really cool video. They also talk about some uh, 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 Legend of Zelda Final Fantasy tactics, like um, crossover, not crossover, but like they want to make a Legend of Zelda game in the style of Final Fantasy Tactics. There's like extensive information on this, including some artwork that's fucking nuts. So it's a great video if people want to watch it. But yeah, originally they wanted to have everyone's game be different based off of your trainer ID. The head programmer actually went to Miyamoto and described it, and Miyamoto 
who, other than this, I didn't have no had any input with the Pokemon games. Said it, it's too hard to grasp and it's it's too difficult for players to know what's going on if they can't see it. So Miyamoto was the one who proposed. Wait, what the if you the issue wasn't even we can't do that. Yeah, <laughs> they could do that. I mean, it it just wouldn't have been that interesting a world probably if they randomized I mean, it, right? Yeah, like it wouldn't have been yeah. that distinct. But they they were other randomly generated Game Boy games. There were a few of them, like but they were just basic, boring dungeon crawler type stuff. But anyway, so uh, Miyamoto was the one who proposed that they changed colors based off the ID numbers. And so uh, they wanted to originally to have five to seven different versions, and they slowly whittled it down to two. Three, But the original plan for the amount... Well, yeah, but they I don't think they knew red or yellow was coming at the time, right? So red and blue, or in Japan's case, red and green, uh, were what they slotted down to. So in a little over a month, apparently, it went from 65,000 versions... To two and now it's iconic but to me if you asked me that beforehand i would have been like that's because they wanted like siblings to buy both games nope they were actually way too ambitious and it's a crazier reason than i ever thought what i want to know is where yeah, the I would, fuck I would is that ambition that. now gone it is gone <laughs> sir <laughs> it's they're working on zelda it's in zelda yeah tears of the kingdom is that ambitious Man, they okay. just need to put Pokemon in Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> just populate it with Pokemon. Yeah. Okay, question number two. Which starter was designed to be intentionally ugly? Which starter? Of, of Which any starter? generation? Yes, but it's not, uh, it's not a recent one. Okay. I'll give you a hint on that. And it's not one you'd expect. Intention. So I guess the question is, why? Why was it designed to be intentionally yeah. ugly? Yeah. Because also, that's no, I'm exactly just, the question. I'm just trying to think of which ones are ugly because most of the starters are quite cute. Wait, okay, is this um, like final evolution of the starter or like the first final one? evolution? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. That changes things. I was having trouble thinking of any that were ugly. Final. Ev- okay, so let's well, let's go through the first one. Charizard, Blastoise, Venusaur. None of them are ugly. Uh, no. They got Typhlosion, Feraligatr, Meganium. Again, not really. Maybe Feraligatr, but that's not really ugly. That's just more like... Aggressive. Fierce. Yeah. Fierce, that's yeah. a good word. Uh, okay, third gen is Infernape. Got, uh, Blaziken, that, Marsh no, Stomp. Yeah, for, I'm in fourth gen. Yeah, Blaziken, Swampert... And oh yeah, Swampert. I always think Marshall. Uh, yeah, Swampert. Um, for the fucking grass guy, <laughs> the lizard one. Septile. 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 Yeah, that's right. You have then now named inf- the starter. What? It's okay. one of those nine. Swampert. Okay, I'm gonna. Kind of g- ugly. I don't know. Septile. Nope. Blaziken. What? Really? Blaziken's I know. Not... Blaziken was designed to be intentionally... It's a great story. It's fucked up, so uh, Kiana, since you're vegan, stop listening. So apparently in Japan, you can actually look this up, there's things called painted chicks. So this is like in the 80s, 70s and 80s before like animal welfare was a big deal. So you could go to a festival or carnival or whatever, and you would buy a painted chick, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's a, like a little chicken that's been painted to look like a color. You could look it up right now. I encourage people I to Google did. it. I just did. It's strange cute yes. i guess but probably horrific 
Exactly. Well, I mean that. So that's where they got the idea of uh, of doing like a painted chicken. So that was the inspiration for Torchic. But what what people said was they would get the chicks, just like a teacup pig or something, or like a goldfish that you really don't want to care for. So you would get these chicks at like a carnival or they'd be given to you by like an older relative or whatever, but you don't actually give a shit about caring for a chicken. So people would just like release them into the wild and they got a little bit older and a little bit uglier. So they wanted Blaziken to convey, this is a direct quote, okay? They wanted Blaziken to convey the sense of disappointment for how ugly it was when the chicken grew up. Wow. Oh, Boy, did like they, they fail. Missed yeah. the mark on that one. <laughs> yeah. People love Blaziken. What do you. Like, Blaziken is not my favorite, but it is undeniably cool and definitely not ugly. Yeah. I know. I was absolutely shocked. Okay. Next question uh, Which Pokemon generation was planned and then didn't actually happen to be a soft reboot? Uh, Gen 5 was indeed a soft reboot, so don't go there. There's only Gen 5 Pokemon in Gen 5 until after the until after the game. I'm going to say... One of them was planned to be a soft reboot and then wasn't. I'm going to go with 3. For some okay. reason, 6 jumped to the front of my mind immediately. But Matt, I feel like... Oh. You're incorrect. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> Adam, Adam was correct. Yeah! It's, it's Generation 3. Because they moved from... Again, this is from a fact video that I'm converting into a question. They moved from Game Boy into Game Boy Advance. They didn't have a way to transfer things. And apparently a common criticism of Johto was that it was too similar to uh, Kanto. So they actually designed it to be a, a, a reboot. You wouldn't have any of the older ones. And not just like Gen 5 where they came in the late game. Like none of them. You wouldn't have any of the older Pokemon where they just didn't have enough Pokemon for it to be balanced was apparently the problem. And they eventually started adding in more later. And then they just committed to it and they added it. But in Generation 3... A uh, couple interesting things. The first Pokemon not in Generation 3 that you run into is actually after the third town. You go a fair amount of time My before God, you find you a non-Gen 3 Pokemon. Yes. Yeah. And apparently, they, the easiest way that the developers, this is again a quote, that the developers thought to, in, uh, to explain evolution to people was with the classic version of evolution that we see, and not like the theory of evolution, Darwin, all, you mean, I mean Pokemon evolution, um, was with the classic... Uh, caterpillar turning into a butterfly so in generation one you have caterpie into butterfly right you have yeah. weedle into beedrill that's why there's also a caterpillar into a butterfly wormpole into beautifly in generation three because they had to have all the classics they were trying to reintroduce right, yeah. the concept of evolution uh, to the people so generation three was almost a remake which like to me actually kind of made sense because i love that game it's probably my favorite generation it's like yeah that's the one where they actually like tried really hard again right? it's they, the best one they considered it a soft relaunch yeah, yeah. like emerald so it, is it actually is the tracks change my mind yeah <laughs> now i do have another question uh but i think i'm actually going to save it i had two more questions let's phrase it like that i think i'll save one of them for later because the other one is still in this same vein and it's in in line with what i had done before can you guys name all of the regional birds? Oh, okay. okay. This one I feel like I might have a shot at, actually. Oh. Okay, then you go for it, and I will fill in the gaps if I can. <laughs> by the way, controversially, there's not really one for Paldia, by the way. The closest one is that uh, oh, um, the seagull. Right, but there's seagulls in other yeah. ones, and it doesn't appear on like Route Two, so there's not a good answer 
or Paldia. I guess that's a good point. So I'll just get that Define out of the way. Define regional bird. So a bird that you find like the first three routes that's like very basic could grow up to be a little bit tougher. Okay. But gotcha. starts off really weak. Yeah, that kind of thing. So Kanto should be pretty easy for you. Yeah, that's obviously Pidgey. Yep. Are we get counting Spiro and Zero as well? No. Okay. Uh, Gen two, I'm pretty sure is Hoodoot. Yep, Hoodoot into Noctowl. Yep. Gen three. Um. Oh my God, its name just dropped out of my head. I can see it. Um, I know this isn't the the first stage of it, but Swellow. Oh, Taylo. Swellow. Taylo is the second. Taylo. He's the first. I mean, you don't need to. Any of the stages is fine. If yeah, like, sure. To me, the most obvious one for all of them is the, always the third stage resolution because that's what you see the most of. So yeah. just listing the third stages is okay. Okay, so then Gen Four would be Starly, or is that Shit, five? He, uh, well, I think it's four, but be, now I can't remember be for four. sure. Staraptor. Yes, yeah, Staraptor. Yeah, yeah. Staraptor. Five is Pedov. Nope. What generation is Generation Five? Is that Kalos? Black and white. So no, five is black and white. Okay, but we're saying different things. Oh, which it's uh, which, Unova. Region, then? Unova. The Unova. Unova. Okay, sorry, because the list I had is have some listed by region name. No, it's not. Wait, no, Pidov turns into Unfezzard, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, I have Unfezzard. All right, here. sweet. Yes, yes. And then uh, Gen Six is uh, when they started getting not boring. Um, um, Fletchling. Yep. Talon right. Talonflame. Yes, Talonflame. Yeah. Um. Okay. Gen seven. Alola. Seven, which is Alola. Uh, it also oh, went shoot. to a weird place. This one. Still normal uh, flying. Oh. Oh. But the oh most... Yes. Uh. Two cannon. Two cannon. Yes. Very good. Yes. Yep. I have a shiny one. Sh- uh, shit. I will be asking the other question then because that's <laughs> placing through this way too easily. Um. Nine. What? Oh my god, I'm, now I'm just forgetting which region is which. Uh, or eight, I guess. Nine is Galar. Oh, sorry, England. eight is Galar. Galar, right. Yes. Oh, I can think of the bug. Oh, oh, Corviknight. Corviknight, yeah. yes. Very good. Okay, I was so oh. in awe of that. Wow, that was that's, that's absolutely astounding. insane. <laughs> okay. As, as soon as I said I, I'm like, oh, I, I think I might actually have this. Gen 2 completely dropped out of my head, and I thought I was going to fail it basically immediately. <laughs> you know what? Due to a combination of it being over an hour that we've been here and the fact that Matt crushed that and I want him to enjoy his victory, I think I will not tell you the other Pokemon <laughs> trivia. I think it. we need to bask in the fact that Matt, holy shit. <laughs> yep. What the fuck? I don't know okay. many things, but the things that I do are uh, very in depth and quite useless. Yeah, that was stunning. Okay. That was astounding. Wow. Okay. Great job. And then, um, I Kilowattro would be the closest one from Generation Nine. That's the seagull that I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Just kill yeah. me to come for the name. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Well, how about that, everyone out there? Uh, next time you see us, we'll be talking more about Tears of the Kingdom. Maybe Adam will even have played it. And I'm going to challenge the two of you to try and see across the Spider-Verse uh, before we next. Adam, you got no excuse. You don't have a lot going on. Matt, you definitely have an excuse. You've got a shitload going on <laughs> next weekend. But if you can, try and see it. But in the meantime, everyone out there, have a great week. Have a safe week. And we'll see you next time.